Good morning, Meat Suits. Welcome back to Read It and Weep. We are a good podcast about showing the world what you're made of. And today we have, uh, instead of our normal show, we're doing a full episode of Hockey Talkie, <laughs> our spinoff podcast where we talk about <laughs> hockey without knowing much about it. I'm your host, Alex Falcone. You can follow me on Twitter at Alex underscore Falcone, and I have a stellar panel today. First up, my co-host, he's at Anthony Lopez, part two on Twitter. He's in Portland, Oregon. Please welcome back, Anthony Lopez. Wakanda forever! <laughs> okay, I gotta be honest with you. I watched this movie right after I got out of Black Panther, and I kind of <laughs> oh. don't remember anything about the Mighty Ducks 2, because I was so hyped on the Black Panther at the time. I don't uh, think that's why. I think it might be a forgettable movie. It is a forgettable movie. But I wanted this. I'm still very hyped on Black Panther, and I just wanted to say Wakanda forever at the start of this podcast. All right, I was gonna say I don't remember that from this episode, but I'm sure it's related. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, haven't you seen know. Black Panther before. I am looking forward to the uh, the follow up B2 Black Panther, but <laughs> uh, and he has to get the whole gang back together. <laughs> yeah. yeah, was that a little criticism of the name of this movie right there? <laughs> maybe, maybe a bit. <laughs> it's kind of lazy. <laughs> It is. It is. <laughs> uh, also joining us today, that voice uh, you'll recognize. He's at Carter Street 42 uh, in in a farm on an island outside of Seattle. Please welcome back Stephen Carter. You mean you haven't heard about my knuckle puck? That was a crazy thing. I've definitely not seen this movie, and I have heard of knuckle puck. So I thought for sure that was in the first movie. Turns out Keenan only gets around to teaching kids in D2. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. haven't heard about it, my knuckle puck? <laughs> I was really asking. Uh, we, we go, we don't, we go, we go pretty far back. Yeah, me and Knuckle Puck, we hang out. Knuckle <laughs> yeah. Puck's kind of a gnarly nickname now that I say it out. Loud. I know it's kind of, it seems inappropriate. Also joining us today, a very special guest at Joanne Elizabeth. No E's in the. Well, I guess it's one E later, not an E in between them. Joanne Elizabeth. Uh, yeah, on one Twitter. E for all. One E overall uh, in the Beth part. Uh, she's also in Portland. Please welcome back, Joanne Shinderly. Hello, thank you. Oh, oh, shit. Hold on. What are you waiting for? The ice to freeze? <laughs> there you go. That's good. That good. was good. It's always good to get it on the second try. Yeah. It always is. Yeah. And it's good to swear first before <laughs> getting it out. It's good practice for radio someday. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, this I mean, it's different. the same exact way that Cowboy Kid did every take. Just swore first, then got it on the second one. <laughs> Is he a real cowboy, do you think? Is, or is, that, is that an accent from a child? I, I think he was... I mean, there's no way that was, like, not at least, like, a very Daniel Day-Lewis-like performance. Like, he lived on that ranch. Yeah, he was always in character. He was always branding cattle and castrating them in between ice, takes. He was always ice skates and roping the whole yeah. time. Yeah. This is episode number 429 of the podcast. We've now done as many episodes as the designation of the Bell Hop Helicopter, popular among business executives. The Bell 429, popular among business executives. Costs between $7.5 and $8 million, obviously. It's a pretty good price for a helicopter. According to the spokesman, it's perfectly suited aircraft for people flying from airports to their homes, from their homes to their offices, or even point-to-point tourism. So it's one of those helicopters. Mm. Anyway, speaking of flying and out of touch, this week... <laughs> nice, we relatable podcast you got there, Alex. <laughs> Well, see, I started out like just really into the podcast, but then I got the sponsorship deal, and now I'm really into haircuts and helicopters. Got it. Okay. That makes sense. What a hey, weird niche, but fitting for you. Speaking of... <laughs> have you ever gotten a haircut on a helicopter? Because that would be Not pretty yet. sick. Not have you yet. ever had a helicopter just... cut your hair? Yeah. Just pour your hair straight out of the helicopter <laughs> onto those peons below. Oh, you dirty fucks. Take my hair. 
Anyway, speaking of flying and out of touchness, this week we're talking about the 1994 Disney sports comedy. By the way, 1994, the year of movies. Disney sports comedy, D2, The Mighty Ducks, the half-hearted follow-up to the 1992 film, The Mighty Ducks. Uh, this episode, why are we watching this? Two reasons. Number one, sponsored by Jane from Jersey. Uh, Jane is our sponsor this, this week, uh, and she says, you guys are about to watch the definitive kids hockey movie, which... It's kind of mm-hmm. amazing that the sequel became the definitive one. It's not the first one. I've not seen the first one. Is the first one bad? Is this is this the Empire no, the Strikes Back good. of the series? The first one's the formation, and the second one is like going like all the way, Team USA. So it's like yeah. The I think it's the second similar. one is like oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, th- thanks. I, I feel like it's similar to uh, the Ninja Turtle movies, where it's like it really found itself in the second one, and it all sort of je- it didn't need, you know it, it didn't need the origin story. It's the Dark Knight of the, the Godfather <laughs> Part Two of the Mike yeah. series. Anyway, yeah. you're about to watch I, the def- definitive. I like kids to movie. think more they just had like a lot of B footage from the first movie left over, and they were like, "Well, we got like 25 percent of a movie right there. Are, it's already mostly done. <laughs> we just got to shoot a fast turnaround." film i mean this is like barely two years from the last one's release that this was already out they just yeah. keep it humming well that uh, flying v was so phenomenal they just had to do it one more time it's so effective uh, so you, effective this, this is why every nhl game today you see at least one flying v play because it's just mm-hmm. an unstoppable hockey play as mm-hmm. far as i can tell it's the I'd shift it. of hockey yeah exactly <laughs> anyway so uh jane goes on uh, D2 is perfect for the Olympic se- season, what with international competition at all. So we are also getting in the spirit of the Winter Olympics, the crap Olympics, as I uh, like to think of them, uh, really the rich snob Olympics of Olympics. But it's just a great time to talk. I, I still like it. It's just the less good of the two. Uh, and um, uh, yes, we're talking about the we're talking about D2 and maybe a little bit about the Olympics. Um, also, we're watching this other reason. Thank you, Jane from from Jersey for sponsoring. Other reason is it's Smash Month. Smush month, it's smush month, and the hockey has a lot of bodies smushing together. So that's on theme. I'm sorry, smush month? Does <laughs> yeah. it have to do with bodies, like Valentine's Day? There was a Valentine's Day. There was a smush smush episode that way, and then this is smushing, uh, like crashing together on the on the ice, smushing. I thought you went intercourse. What I'm saying is, there's multiple meanings of it. Oh, so I'm not I'm not a pervert. No, no, we, it was intercourse early on. This is a different kind. And then we were going to watch a monster truck rally next week and talk about smushing cars, but then we couldn't. So this is my other way of announcing that uh, our monster truck episode has been postponed because we could not make uh, the tickets work out, the scheduling work out to go see the monster truck rally. So some other day... We're going to review a monster truck rally? We were going to go watch a monster truck rally and talk about it. This was a popular suggestion from our Meat Buddies after we watched the movie Monster Truck. Which is about okay. a monster living in a truck, and then we were like, we should "Watch a monster truck rally. That seems more fun." And the meat buddies who vote on our topics were very excited about that. It's our most popular suggestion. Wow! And it was like we were pretty excited. Anthony was pretty devastated when I told him we're not going this week, but we will go someday, Anthony. I promise. Hmm. Sure. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all I know okay. is my Sunday, Sunday, Sunday just became a Sunday, and I'm bummed out about that. <laughs> Uh, that's it is too bad uh i think i told you this anthony before but uh um <laughs> megan my wife would not her dad wanted to take her to a monster truck rally when she was a kid and she didn't want to go because she thought they were going to smash their car <laughs> she was like how will we get home dad i don't want them to ruin your car 
<laughs> that's, that's so adorable. So that's cute. really sweet. <laughs> anyway, so we're watching D2, smushing bodies, but not in that other way, because these are kids. But um, some of them are 23. And if you want to force us to watch something uh, smushing or otherwise, or even go to a live event, possibly, you can become a Meat Buddy and vote on upcoming topics. Go to readjustweek.com slash Meat Buddies to become a member. And thanks for all our Meat Buddies who keep us floating down the tracks. Now, you guys... I'm going to summarize D2 The Mighty Ducks for you. I'm getting kind of limbered up for it because I have, it's been a little while. I've been off the ice. Um, uh, as always, jump in, make corrections, uh, uh, explain what you think was going on. As the announcer of this minor league hockey broadcast said, he went from coaching a peewee team to playing in the minors and is on the verge of getting promoted to the NHL. And, of course, I'm talking about the great Emilio Estevez when possibly jinxed by being told that he's days away from joining the NHL, he receives an unspecified injury that puts him onto a German guy's couch and into a hockey workshop. <laughs> oh, how the mighty have fallen. That's our opening sequence. And now we're going to follow Emilio Estevez's rise to fame and fortune in the junior hockey coaching world. And apparently this German guy has some connections because he gets Emilio a job coaching the U.S. junior hockey team, the most famous sports broadcasts in the United States, as far as I can tell, just in time for the Goodwill Games. <laughs> so first question, I guess, to you guys. Uh, number one, have you ever heard of the Junior Goodwill Games? Number two, how famous do you think hockey minor, minor ho- junior hockey coaches are? That's what I'm trying to say. How, how famous are these people? Well, they're famous enough to have bikini women surrounding them at a certain yeah. point. They had brand ambassadors uh, for the... Mm-hmm. Well, you have to remember, this movie takes place in a different reality, right? Yeah. Our timeline and this movie's timeline split when that first Flying V happened in the very first oh. Mighty Ducks, right? Yeah. And that was actually the birth of the Star Trek Mirror Universe. Yeah. <laughs> like, Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> and hockey fucking took off in that second universe. In our universe, Coco Bain killed himself. It was a bummer. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but, <laughs> those are the two but, options. Yeah, right. I mean, it was like because the thing is, Kurt saw that flying V and he put the gun in the needle down, you know, and he got oh. he got into hockey. Yeah, and, he released a lot of great <laughs> albums after that. Yeah. And that other reality is so much better than us. Um, but yeah, so I like to think that this is just a world in which people are crazy about hockey. I mean, crazy enough that like a businessman could walk into his boardroom and be like. All right, guys, I know our last quarter was rough, but this time I'm going to turn it around. I'm going to sponsor a coach. <laughs> and a that's coach like... <laughs> of the of a child's team. Yeah. Um, you know what? Here's what I hear. I'm going to chime in because as a Minneapolis native, here's the problem I had with this is because Pocky is super popular, but hockey moms are even more popular. Uh, so the fact that it wasn't, there was no like hockey moms, like all of these hockey kids came from like these are no hockey parent orphans. households. Yeah. They are. They're all orphans. And I was like, there's no way that A, they'd be, be able to afford their hockey gear at all, yeah. um, as we saw in the first movie. But hockey moms are, I can't believe they don't have their own reality TV show yet. It's a real <laughs> lifestyle. Wow, I it's I hadn't thought of this until you mentioned this, but we don't see any parents ever. No, there's not at all. These kids are just living on the streets when he comes by with the duck call and organizes them. Yeah, that is weird. Speaking of yeah. smashing, there was only one almost kiss. <laughs> in the opening I know. scene. Oh, that's true. Oh, we'll, so we'll get to that montage in a second. Um, 
Also, I guess just to, uh, to paint more of a background of this universe, uh, in this universe, apparently Michael Eisner's kid just started playing hockey and he was really into it. And that is why this movie exists or this franchise <laughs> exists because the head of Disney just learned about kids hockey. Uh, Michael, I- Michael Eisner always taking those big swings, man. It really felt like some sort of, well, because didn't they also, um, like, after the first one or during the first one, like, Anaheim got a team called the Mighty Ducks. It just feels like a weird corporate synergy thing that, like, inventing a world where hockey is popular. I'm going to, I have, uh, I wasn't going to make that one of my compliments because I have a lot to say about that, but that is true. They, yeah, this was, it was between the second one, the first one and the second one, and so the arena they played at for the Goodwill Games, the pond, is the arena that uh that that felt definitely shoehorned in (laughs) it's it's an amazing bit of corporate synergy that uh, i think you were joking but eisner did take a lot of big swings and this was one of them Um, yeah but i think mall of america really thanked him for it did what what what's there what do you mean they just had a lot of mall they were skating inside the mall of america oh yeah that's right i'm sure they spent a lot of money to like set up oh yeah production okay That's why they were. It was a spacious mall. Mm-hmm. Uh, so okay, so this doesn't seem like a super organized program. The U.S. Junior Hockey Team for the Goodwill Games, because uh, Emilio, right after being hired, gets to recruit his team from kids living on the street in and around uh, Minneapolis. Uh, so in order to round them up, he does that using the best sports movie cliche: the montage of recruiting your team from other activities they were doing. Well, he has <laughs> the kids go do it too. He doesn't. Yeah, he's not there. He's, He's not there checking in with them. He's like, yo, hey, kid, tease the whistle. Go get everyone else. Yeah, no, the Dawson's Creek kid is the one who really organized the whole thing. Hmm. Is, which one? Is, which, yeah, I'm a, glad you're here. Who is the Dawson's Creek kid? <laughs> uh, he's the Fringe Charlie. kid. The what Yeah, kid? he's the kid from Fringe, Alex. <laughs> I am What's no Fringe? <laughs> oh, man. All right, well... This is the rest of the podcast. Sorry, Alex. <laughs> boring references for this one kid. But whoever knows either of our references is going to love this, I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah it's true. We, and by now we've nailed at least like a third of the audience probably with these two He's references. the kid from Disturbing yeah. Behaviors. Okay. And nobody knows that. Okay. Yeah. What are you talking part. about? It's a uh, he. It, Charlie was the name of the character. He was like the the the, the new apprentice. He, he Charlie Conway. Oh, Joshua Jackson. Yeah, Joshua yeah, Jackson yeah. from Fringe. That's right. I don't want to wait. <laughs> to be so over. he's in Dawson's Creek. He's in Fringe. I've not seen either of those. Uh, you haven't? Nope. Not familiar. <laughs> Trying to see anything else he's done. I definitely recognized him from something. Maybe I just recognized him from Dawson's Creek commercials. Um. Yeah, I know you like to watch those. <laughs> yeah, he just likes to you know, just flip to the w, uh, CW every once in a while and just... Sort of yeah. see what they're advertising, you know. Yeah. He has such a soft-looking face that he just he got does. he got like cast in all these like soft roles. Yeah, he's a he's a kid who looks like he's a not, he's a non-threatening kid for yeah. sure. Um, Much man, like I someone don't who has a thin voice. I think I've seen any of these things that I should. I don't know why I recognize him so much. I definitely recognize him. Okay, so um, he goes around recruits, and I love this. This is my favorite. I, I have a lot of thoughts on underdog movies in that I generally hate them. I always root for the better team. Um, but in this case, uh, I really love the getting the, the gang back together montages. So um, he's like skating around town. He's got his duck call on his rollerblades. And he's like, 
Uh, hey, that kid's playing a street hockey game. Come over here. Hey, you're working your movie theater job. Quit. Come over here. Hey, kid, you're about to have your first kiss. Give up and come play hockey. Like and Jesus getting the apostles. Just <laughs> walking around. <laughs> you know, I'm not normally into Jesus movies, but that montage would be dope. Yeah. Well, like, it's not just... You think it's... you're fishing? Get over here. It's not just the getting a band back together montage. It's also like youths slightly disrespecting authority montage which is also like a very 90s great like i like that i like them skating through the mall like the adults being like oh no like they they did the thing with an old guys yeah they like spilled the coffees so bad for that old guy yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's how that's how i'm getting old is i did feel bad for all the adults who were hilariously assaulted Uh, it's true i do love that like that movie trope, you would see it a lot in the 90s when it was like a kid, a kid skating Kazi montage. And then randomly, we're going to cut to an old man delicately sitting down. I wonder <laughs> yeah. if that's going to come up again. Yeah. What should we put in his hand? A Chinese food? He's, Coffee? He's been so beaten down by life that he knows his hat is gone, but doesn't even bother looking for it. Yeah. <laughs> that's no... That is, if that is not the human condition, I don't know what is. It's just life is life is so hard and wrecks you. Just literally watching the youths come and take your stuff and not appreciate that you know all the homework yeah. you did to get it and, there. And in the back of his mind, he knows that the ultimate revenge is just time. Yeah. <laughs> that those kids will be him one day. Yeah, if they're well, lucky. So It'd be fun to do like a side tangent of like, what was the rest of that dude's day like? Oh yeah, if we're playing <laughs> no what retreat, no surrender. That? that would well, be, he probably he would probably went to lids. <laughs> Went to Liz and then Short the trip. graveyard to visit all his old World War II buddies <laughs> who are still there. <laughs> right. He sets oh, coffee man. down on their grave and sits and checks. Yeah. And then some other kids' team is getting together. There's like a field hockey team that runs. I don't even There's... know what we fought for anymore, Stan. I swear to God. <laughs> These kids today. Maybe they'd be better off speaking German. No, I can't say that. I can't say that. <laughs> Oh man, this is the saddest riff. Okay, so uh, he Emilio puts together his team of lovable doofuses, who I assume are from the first movie, but I haven't seen it. Um, but then his he's also got a, a, a lucrative endorsement deal from an evil capitalist, which probably won't come back to bite him. Well, and is he really an evil capitalist? You can he tell he's actually- evil. He doesn't actually do... He's like a hero by the end of the movie, right? That's like, why this is he, such a half-hearted movie is because yeah. that's the classic 90s trope of like, guy has money, it's going to destroy you. Yeah. And then it just turns out fine. It's just like, yeah. oh, you got as long as you keep your hair messy, you can win the day and keep all of the money. Like, everybody wins. And it was a good hockey deal. It was a good deal for Hendrix, I assume. Yeah, like that guy it is seems like a pretty sweet dude. I mean, it's a little bit like... So these games are starting in like a week and he doesn't have a team put together yet, which means he either is like very last minute or like the previous team died in a bus accident or something. Oh, and he was like, what happened. I got to get another squad together. Where, yeah. are those, where are those ducks? There is no sort of pipeline to the junior hockey team. It is just a, whoever coaches gets to pick some people. And then apparently also the sponsor gets to pick five or ten ringers uh, who also have funny quirks. So, like, one guy's fast, but he can't stop. Another one's a figure skater that just started playing hockey, so he's, yeah. like, you can't hit him because he spins. And then there's a guy who has a Texas accent. And one then has a rope. One guy is 25, and then one guy <laughs> is a girl. So there's all kinds of quirks. Um, 
And uh, the girl, by the way, is apparently the best goalkeeper of all time. No playing and minutes. Never Zero minutes. gets to one. play. So, <laughs> so upsetting. It's so really frustrating. frustrating. And that, Why the okay, fuck we'll is get she to it, but that speech. Sorry, wait, uh, Joe, what were you saying? Oh, I said we'll probably get to it, but that speech was a load of crap. Which speech? Uh, she the... stands up for herself oh, at, yeah, at yeah. one point. Well, I'm skipping around, her th- but yeah, that her, was just her, infuriating. Her arc is so bullshit. Anthony. Yeah, it is. Uh, just wh- why is she even in the movie, right? Like, just give her plot to the other goalie kid you already have from the first movie. Have him yeah. be like... Not very solid about his catches this whole movie. And then right. have it end with that. Like, why was she even in this movie at all? Like, the other new kids I could see, like, they at least do something. What they should have done is made the the 25-year-old man, they should have made her, like, 25-year-old tough girl, you know? Oh, that like, combine the goalie yeah. and that guy together. I love that there, was a, that there was a co-ed team. There were no rules about gender on this team. That's super cool. Uh, but yeah, sh- that could have been literally any other character because she does yeah. nothing. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but it sounds like all these personalities, right? These two different warring factions and the quirks and stuff, they'll never come together as a team. Oh, but wait, because Emilio Estevez, the coach, uses unconventional training methods like tying the kids up with rope and letting the Texas kid rope the other kid. There's a real rope fetish on this team. It's yeah. real ropey. Yeah. Yeah, and that then, seems like uh, a great way to like volley. accidentally strangle someone on the ice, right? Throwing oh, yeah. a, a <laughs> like a rope around them. Yeah, amateur rodeo while they're skating. Sure, that's dangerous. Um, they also like have kind of an arbitrary school session in a sunny field, uh, taught by the love interest, where they are heckled by Keenan. Um, and then they play their first game. It's time for some hockey, so they play a game against. Uh, Hockey powerhouse Trinidad and Tobago, um, who have uh, they're not good, but boy, do they have fun uniforms. The the Trinidad team, which is I just shortened it to Trinidad, but they are what a fun group, huh? They seem yeah. like they know the meaning of the junior games. This is just full of goodwill. Those kids. Um, can I circle back to that? I think we skipped over a really important oh, moment please. in their. Uh, outside their outdoor classroom meeting with yeah. the with the teacher mm. um mm-hmm. there's a direct quote that that scene ends on uh with the teacher saying america's like a teenager just like you always on the verge <laughs> of greatness i lol'd at that part yeah because you're imagining america uh with florida being it's like constant teenager boner <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> right. It was just so cheesy, but that like was yeah. the essence of the '90s. We didn't know any better then. <laughs> you know, we took a hard right turn into racism right after that decade. <laughs> right. Like every teenager, yeah, yeah. Um, or is it if you made the Panhandle guy, or like, what is the the man in the middle of the country where Tennessee is his teenager boner, and he's got a chef's hat? You know what I'm talking about? Nope. <laughs> no. How do you guys not know about this? There's a man in the middle of the country. He's got a hat and a frying pan. I don't know, dude. The only America, the only America's Bono I know is James Dean. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus, America's Bono. (laughs) I'm sure I've talked about this on the podcast before, and apparently none of you guys were on then. But it's called Mimal, M-I-M-A-L, and it's uh, uh, Minnesota, Iowa, Missouri, Arkansas, Louisiana, and it looks like a little elf with a a chef's hat, and he's holding Tennessee frying pan. Um, I'm looking. Or no, he's holding Kentucky frying pan because of Kentucky Fried Chicken. Oh. Anyway, 
Oh, what a wait. fun fact. Tennessee is the is the pan. Kentucky is the fried chicken in the pan. But I was pretending I thought Tennessee was the boner. It was a great reference. Anyway, <laughs> so they got to play this hockey game. And it's like any other hockey game in real life. Uh, the ball too, moves too fast. And I don't understand what's happening. And then, um, but they win. They beat Trinobago. Uh, yay. And like a normal, uh, like any time after uh, a junior hockey early round game, in the uh, Junior Olympics uh, Goodwill Games, there is a huge media circus trying to interview the coach, including yeah. CNN is there to talk to him because apparently 1994 was a slow news year. Mm-hmm. Just nothing going on in the world. He is mobbed by press. I, I mean, again, in this reality, like, OJ saw the flying V and was like, you know what? I'm going to let Nicole Simpson and John Goldberg go on with their lives. Oh, man. He's just a happy retired football player. Just changed everything. Man. Yeah. The Um, Naked Gun 4 was so popular. (laughs) Okay, so, but now they're good. This is a good team, uh, but they're getting ready. They're going to have to face off against uh, the mean kids from other famous international hockey powerhouse, Iceland. You guys know the team from Iceland, those big kids from Iceland who are always bullying everybody on the international stage. Before we get to the Iceland team, I do want to say something about that first like Trinidad game or all their early games. It's like it's not like they're close. The Ducks are kind of horrible sportsmen because they're like (laughs) 8-0 games. Like they fucking bring it to these kids and just destroy them. And then when it happens to them, they're like. Okay, can you let up? And it's like, yeah. those people traveled from Trinidad to be here, and you embarrass them in front of their family. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're like, because uh, if it's less than 8 nothing, what are you going to do? Put in your second string goalkeeper? <laughs> <laughs> Never. Why would you even do that? <laughs> yeah, they did not let She's up. She's not ready. Um, but before this, uh, this big rivalry starts, uh, there's a problem, which is that uh, Emilio Estevez gets a nicer haircut because all the money is going literally to his head. And also in a hair metaphor, he's forgotten his humble roots. And, and he loves cocaine now. Also, he started doing a lot of cocaine. I know. They really missed that plot line because it was uh, clearly obvious. It's in the subtext of the movie. You got to look. You know. <laughs> yeah. Well, and also he like had a crush on his coworker, the, uh, the, the tutor, for this mm-hmm. three-day hockey tournament in the middle of summer. And then... Um, but then he meets this hot lady from Iceland, and it's like, oh, no, she's the enemy, um, which is not probably how Goodwill Games are supposed to... It's like not a lot of goodwill going around. Um, and that's no, part of, like, the money out. goes to his head, and he goes to, gets this, like, Iceland lady. And then that just turns into nothing. I mean, basically every plot besides them playing hockey turns into nothing. Um, so they get humbled by international hockey powerhouse Iceland. Don't call them Russia just because they have Russian accents. These are Icelanders. <laughs> Apparently Which is funny ch- because the only Icelander that I know famously is Bjork, and she's right. tiny. So how did these men get so big? Yeah, how could Bjork's family members be so tall? <laughs> I uh, I don't know. Um, it does it all. So they were originally like Russian, obviously, and for some reason they decided to make them Icelanders the last minute on the movie, and so it's just this really weird side plot of just like why is Iceland the powerhouse in this? In this world, in this crazy universe, Anthony, what's going on that made Iceland so big? Uh, I think it's just like 
that actor who plays the bad guy showed up and was like, no, no, I'm, I'm Atlantic in this one. This is going to be good. <laughs> I made a choice. This yeah. year, <laughs> now that you've been on the show for almost a year, Anthony, uh, it, I've discovered that's your theory every time is that it was the actor's choice. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, which don't works like out a really well. In a movie, in you're like, life. oh, I bet the actor showed up that day and was like, no way, man. I like, you know, I, I think it comes through in the role with that guy, you know? <laughs> well, so I think he looked Ukrainian. Yeah, like, I, I think he came in and he read a lot of, like, nuance on the page and was like, no, nah, no, nah, I'm just all it. evil all day. <laughs> I just well, fucking hate kids having a good time for their countries. He's the classic bully, and they uh, they just wreck uh, America's shit, and they just beat him up. And, and as far as I can tell, I don't know a lot about hockey, like I said, but there seems to be no rules in this game because they just punch kids in faces all the time. Yeah. It was yeah, the chaos. refs were awful. I was getting infuriated watching it. <laughs> Where's the call? It's just brutal. It was just uh, concussion after concussion. Also, it seems like Disney does not give a shit about this movie because the score went from 5 nothing down to 4 nothing in three minutes. Um, and I'm not usually good at spotting movie flaws, but I was like pretty sure I'd seen a 4 first, so I went back and it definitely... Or I'd seen a 5 first. They definitely had a goal taken away in the third period or something because the scores really? are going up and down. Yeah, it was no, just, just, just like they don't care. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just did not care. Um, Iceland wins easily. Coach is sad. But Team USA holds an unofficial roller hockey scrimmage against a group of schoolyard bullies who teach them the real meaning of hockey. Or Favorite some... part of the movie, hands down. <laughs> what part of it? Why? Just them learning just about some playground the idea. Puck? To circle back to what you're what you said before of just like, oh, hockey took like hockey took off in this universe, right? Like, yeah, it became urban. Yeah, yeah. fucking right. You yeah, know, it was and so, central LA is just all the yeah, kids. Exactly. Yeah. They all play let's, street. Let's puck. go play some schoolyard puck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they made up their own slang that is obviously oh, totally. caught on in this universe too. How we're always calling it puck. Like, this is a universe in which <laughs> skateboarders are the tools, not rollerbladers, oh, right? This yeah. is a world in which, you know, people are, like, pushing wood, lame. Give me my blades. Yeah. Give me my skates. Oh, yeah, I can't wait till you lose those extra training wheels. <laughs> and it's funny because these kids are, like, they're teaching. Like, they're, like, oh, you got to be, they're, like, slick. Like, oh, come on. Yeah. Come on, pussies. But then they're, yeah, like, yeah. okay, you got this. Now win it for yeah. America. I yeah, know. They went so from. supportive. <laughs> Yeah, they really were. They they taught so nice. most importantly they taught the kids that uh, there's something called a knuckle puck, which is where you take a lot of time and balance the puck on its edge, and then mm-hmm. do a slap shot, and it goes up and down, and no keeper in the world and, can stop it. And Alex, like, you, you keep saying they taught the kids the knuckle puck. No, no, no. A kid knows the knuckle puck and right. keeps that proprietary information for he himself. The existence yeah. of his trademarked knuckle puck. Yeah, exactly. Well, there's a, a very strong intellectual property laws in this universe, as well, yeah. which we haven't <laughs> yes. gone into, but we can. Okay, but they do. They do teach um, the uh, figure skater how to fight, which is you drop your gloves and your stick, and then you try to disrobe the other person. Mm-hmm. It's stick gloves, and then shirt, shirt off. It's kind of sexy, actually. That's how I do it. <laughs> I mean, clearly Stick, when the, when he ended up doing on. it, he got a boner. That was clear. Yeah. They're all yeah. they're always this. They're teenagers. Um, yeah. subtext. Oh, yeah. Also, the the coach gets their dicks out. Pep, uh, <laughs> yeah, the pep talk from his old German friend uh, as they go skating along the beach at sunset. It's really beautiful, um, and it's time now. They're like, we're back. Uh, we believe in this again. And I've gotten the product out of my hair, and so. 
Uh, also, Coach just shows up annoyingly late to a game use, and playing his duck call, and they're all pretty chill about it. Oh, my God. Here, so he just yelled at them about how they won more disqualification. They're out of the tournament. And then he shows up in the second quarter? Yeah. They could have forfeited. He had no idea that that teacher was going to save his ass. Yeah. yeah. What, what if he walked in blowing that fucking duck whistle and it was just empty? And it was just <laughs> <laughs> yeah. totally lost. And the whole just, crowd boos at him as he comes in. Like we, They're just slitting over. their own wrists with their skates on the ice. <laughs> it got real dark. So uh, they uh, they win that game or whatever, and then uh, they go back to their weirdo training tac- track tactics, including uh, some crawling, uh, piling up soda cans, and uh, ha- uh, recruit the bully from the schoolyard game with knuckle puck, and they meet Wayne Gretzky. So that's kind of nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then uh, they play some sort of game with a beach ball, but then that international powerhouse team of Vikings shows up and pops their beach ball and challenges Emilio Estevez to a one-on-one game of hockey something there was i th- i think that there's no way to menacingly pop a beach ball because <laughs> that that did not play for me it, yeah it's, he, it, like, it's it, so he slow pop it he slowly deflated it but was like yeah. i don't care about your dollar store purchase yeah like okay i wonder I don't if they either, had to really. like cut a hole in it beforehand because you can't so really. he could pop it easier <laughs> i would like I to someday live in a universe where i menacingly pop a beach ball yeah, it's I mean, like a I don't know. dollars effects budget. <laughs> <laughs> Steven, I don't know if you've ever seen any ruffians at a fish show before, but you can pop a fish, uh, a beach ball very menacingly. <laughs> I did not. No, I, I stay away. I've heard about uh, the gangs at fish shows. Oh, <laughs> I want nothing to do with it. <laughs> well, but when they're, when they're at fish shows, they're called a school. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it, Alex. <laughs> So the good coach is and the bad coach are playing one-on-one hockey, and the good coach is winning, but the Russian, I mean Icelandic coach, uh, just like hacks him in the leg on purpose and in his mm-hmm. injury, just hits his him right leg. in the ACL yeah. tear or whatever, and uh, then it's like, oh, also game's over, ice is ours, which is just bizarre. Um, I mean, like it's a full, it's like a full Tanya Harding in front of vi- many witnesses. Was it the same year? Uh, I don't was. know. No. I mean, yes, technically, but not in this timeline. Again, you know, Steve Gooley <laughs> saw the flying V. Was, I just think, what a, what, a beautiful, what a beautiful callback to an actual real life thing of just like, okay, apparently whenever there's ice, there's kneecaps getting busted. And that's that the through line forever. I didn't realize it's from 1994, I'm, the year of movies. What, what, when did this come out? <laughs> this movie came out in 94. No, what month? Oh, uh, good question. But whatever it is, they predicted this. Yeah, they must have. March 25th. Um, yeah, I don't know when this... I can't figure it out fast enough. It's not... Listening to people Google is always fun. Oh, wait, there it is. Uh, in January 1994. So this event happened before the movie. So the movie looked oddly prescient uh, uh, a couple yeah. years later. Or a couple months later. Um, anyway, they're cool. Good coach is like, <laughs> all right. And then uh, they uh, uh, go back to playing... It's a big game. It's being played at the newly built The Pond Arena, home of the newly formed NHL Anaheim Mighty Ducks, owned by the Walt Disney Corporation. And they play uh, the big game, because it's, it's double elimination. So they get they go through the loser's bracket, and now they're playing Iceland again. Uh, and they are getting their asses kicked in a lawless anarchy on the ice rink yet again. Oh, no, wait, that's the first time they play Iceland. Sorry, they lose to Iceland there. Where am I? Now I'm all lost. No, uh, the the game starts with Iceland three yes. to one. Yes. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Here we are. So yeah, they they go out. To, uh, yeah, Iceland goes out to an early lead. Um, uh, 
I made a, in my summary, this is what happened. I wrote a fake plot point that I thought would be hilarious to read in context, and then I just really confused myself. Because um, I was like, why does it say Emilio and the Russian coach sleep together and it's beautiful? <laughs> what did I miss? You got the director's cut. I definitely felt like after their playoff game, it was like, or their, their one-on-one, it was like, these guys are in love. Um, that's why I wrote that, I guess. But why did I they put it in the middle of They definitely have unfinished game? business. They would they would hate <laughs> fuck each other in such a beautiful way. It would be awesome. Yeah. The coming together of those two uh, those two countries that usually fight, but now they're friends. Mm-hmm. America <laughs> and nearest European country, Iceland. Anyway, Iceland's got that early lead, and they're continuing to just punch people in the face with uh, impunity because just there's a lawless anarchy on this ice. And then uh, the Texas guy plays with a rope. It's really weird. And then Coach gives a t- gives the, a speech about their hometowns, where everyone just says what town they're from, and it's mostly Minnesota towns, and then uh, about ducks flying together, which we all know about ducks. We never think about their corkscrew penises or their uh, rape culture. We think about how they fly together, and then the team switches their uniforms from the Team Americas to the logo of the newly formed NHL Anaheim Mighty Ducks owned by the Walt Disney Corporation. And, uh, oh, the soft-faced kid we were talking about earlier, he lives his dream of being an assistant coach Yep. <laughs> yep. And all of this somehow manages to pull the slapdash uh, Ducks hockey team together, and they uh, uh, they do some stuff. They do a trick play, an incredible twi- trick play to tie the game, where they switch the goalie with Keenan, the knuckle puck guy, because no one can tell the difference because of racism. Mm-hmm. And then uh, in everybody's favorite way to end a sports game, it comes down to a shootout. So the whole three periods didn't matter. Um the funnest and saddest thing of in sports, uh, the shootout finale. It do they really actually is. do that in hockey shootouts? Yes. Yeah, is that yeah. actually how game, so, tie games in? It's infuriating. Yeah, just, just like yeah, in, in soccer too. There's people just hate it. It's just, it's also kind of fun to watch, but it's like everything in the game doesn't matter except for six one-on-one shots. It's really bizarre. well. If you yeah, yeah so. Hockey was super super popular in my high school, right? And it was I always instinctively felt bad for the kids that had to do like how much pressure you have an entire oh, yeah. audience on you watching banging on glass and if you mess this up, no one will talk to you on Monday. Your girlfriend's going to take her jersey off. <laughs> it's just a whole deal. I I played a lot of soccer and I do not know much about hockey, but I do know that in soccer at least and I assume this is true in the shootouts in hockey, you're supposed to score. Like if you miss, <laughs> it's on the shooter because it's just it's just the advantage is all on the offense in a one-on-one situation like that. Right? Is that true in hockey too? Yeah, I mean, there's just a shootout, so you yeah. gotta you just gotta it's one-on-one. Yeah, but the key, but Which it's like is, hard to be a goalie in hockey. It seems like. But that's your easy. But it's the easiest to be a goalie then because you're not distracted by other well, that's skaters that's coming true. at you. So you're just staring at it, and you're like, "Okay, cool. Where's he gonna go? Boom!" So shootouts were just so boring. Like that's yeah. when people go warm up the car because they're like. <laughs> <laughs> well, while they're warming up the car, it's it's five to five, and then America makes their score. And then um, it's all they need is one save and they'll win. And girl goalie finally gets a chance to play in this goddamn movie, and is told exactly what exactly to do, what exactly to do. where to be. Yeah, she doesn't even get to use. I know she's no she's agency. One of the best goalies in the country, and they're like, "Well, we just have this other guy who's sassy, so we keep him in." Um, but it, it works where she puts her glove just where she's told to, and the Ducks win and they go camping. That's the movie. Yeah, that was weird. Why are they camping? 
I don't Why know. Camping? Um, I mean, because that's that just point? where they live. Think... The, the hotel is taken away from them, and they're back on the goddamn streets. <laughs> <laughs> it's a post-apocalyptic. <laughs> oh, An earthquake happened, they, sort they of destroyed families, Los Angeles. Right? They're all orphans, yeah. so they're just like... Yeah. Technically, that might now. just be where they live. Yeah. yeah. They just went back home. <laughs> all right. Well, so now it's time for our uh, major compliment. We like to do one at right after the summary and one at the end. It used to be the beginning. Now it's the middle. Uh, but everyone has to say two nice things about the movie. Anthony... You're up first. What's your major compliment for D2, The Mighty Ducks? I really like the cowboy kid. Uh, yeah. And I don't know if I do now or if I just really did as a child. Because I didn't remember anything about this movie until the ragtag new kid showed up. Yeah. And then I was like, I remember everything about this movie. <laughs> and I just saw I was like, I used to fucking love this kid. And I just watched this whole movie and I was like, he got pranked on, but he was a good sport about it. He fucking doesn't care about the rules. I just, I like that kid. He at least has something yeah. to do with all the new kids. Um, of all yeah. the weird quirks, his is the one that like comes up the most. It's the most useful. Yeah. Definitely the most illegal in the sport, <laughs> but like. Yeah. The most likely to end in a death. Yeah. Didn't the, he, he got two minutes in the box, right? Oh, yeah. So. He got two minutes. Despite <laughs> yeah, the other team getting fair. no penalties for just massacring these kids. Yeah. Also, Iceland kids are real big. Uh, yeah, he was fun. I liked him a little bit. Uh, Joanne, what's your major compliment for D2? Uh, my major compliment is how excited I got when Whoop There It Is played. <laughs> hmm. Remember how were. easy it was to get an audience pumped in the 90s? So yeah. easy. And ironically, I had when I was watching this yesterday, I was literally, no joke, in a conversation with someone about how much I love that song. And then it came on in the movie and so personally i was just extra jazzed about it that is a fun song yeah uh i'm gonna do uh i guess i'll do this for my major compliment then because we were talking about earlier but my compliment is for just the crazy marketing synergy of of this movie so after the first movie uh because hockey is on the the rise in america in the early 90s which uh it did not last apparently at the end of the 90s this all fell apart but the at the time there's there are a bunch of nhl expansion teams and there's this franchise going into Anaheim, the Mighty Ducks of Anaheim. They do, the team is named after the movie. Disney invests heavily in the team. And they invest in the stadium, which is then featured in this movie. And they ended up selling and kind of not being a huge success of a sports team, but they definitely made it up for the profit in merchandising, from all I can tell. But it's just such an interesting idea to smash this movie and this real life thing together. Um, and it, apparently, this team was insane so the first game uh opened with a 15 minute disney on ice br guest with hockey lyrics and fireworks <laughs> and there's the ice man plays guitar and he rides on the back of a Z- zamboni and it is just the most bonkers hockey thing uh, it, it most bonkers sports thing i've ever seen uh they just really like just, just making a mockery singing about hockey is so funny <laughs> This this is the darkest universe for it's, sure. You Google this because it is so. Go watch it's on YouTube and it is so weird. Um, but this so in case you didn't know, Disney did not stop there. Also in 1994, they put out a remake of Angels in the Outfield right after they had bought shares in oh. the Anaheim Angels and smart rebuilt the stadium to have a pirate ship in the outfield. Um, uh, they which they also have divested in because it was not a huge success. So it was like they were just. The th- Mike Gleisner taking big swings, man. Almost 
burn Disney to the ground. <laughs> no, actually, it, I wish that was that, that would be more fun if that was the case. But it, it was no. Like, I mean, it's it's why he left. I mean, Robert Eisner, Michael Eisner was fucking devastating to Disney in those last like five six years of the company. Yeah, but he, the sports the sports franchises apparently were like negligible for their size. It yeah. was like it was like they put fifty million dollars into the Ducks, and that is like like they didn't notice that that had been. Yeah, wrong. it was like not a investment. He bought that pack of lions in Africa <laughs> and those hyenas. That really didn't do a good job for Disney's. Um, I'm just trying to riff on this joke. I'm sorry. (laughs) I I want to play. I just don't get it. Yeah, he dressed Uh, him up and took him to um, the middle of America and had (laughs) a petting zoo, and it was a little bit rough. Oh, yeah, Yeah. that was weird. He also, well, he was mostly like Euro Disney, right? It was all the theme parks that were kind of wackadoodle. Right, Anthony? That and a lot of like, I mean, you know, before, like, during the era of like pirates and everything like that, that was like the one hit. But they had just like bomb after bomb. I don't remember, right. remember like all of those movies from that era were just disastrous. Disney was, but it was late nineties because this night, like ninety four, yeah. these were all like this is gold oh. age of the animation and yeah, and, yeah. yeah. Much and stuff. neon doing... colors, so many neon colors, which really made a movie pop. <laughs> See, there's also that. That's not Eisner's fault. He did great. Yeah, and that was more like Katzenberg, right? Katzenberg was still at Disney during this time. He is he didn't get forced out till a few years later. I think that's true, uh, but I also think that like the sport, these sports franchises, I think are a super interesting idea, and even if they didn't quite work, I think there's a lot, uh, a lot to be said for it. I think it's pretty interesting. Um, so that's my major compliment is that this movie is just an ad for a failed sports franchise. Um, Steven, what's your major compliment? Um, I guess complimenting the casting director here, and not necessarily because they did a good job. They did fine, but sure. I just feel Great bad compliment. for them. Like, can you imagine having to sit through days, just hours oh, upon hours of kid. kids coming in with their moms reading for the Texan part and, uh, like, hearing the fucking worst little southern accents, and, oh, uh, God, it just sounds like a fucking right. nightmare. So if oh, I can make man, it I worth it that. by complimenting them on your podcast... <laughs> Well, also, like, not just that, but, like, they also chose people. Like, Kenan Thompson still works very regularly, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Joshua Jackson, the that Great. kid who plays Foggy on Daredevil, he's in this. Yes. Uh, like, the amount of, like, the the kid who taught the, um, the figure skater how to punch, that actor has been in stuff just constantly working, Wait. like... Even the kids who didn't go anywhere. Sports uh, career also. Yeah. <laughs> They're actually all pretty good. Christy yeah, Yamaguchi, like, she was solid. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Wayne Gretzky went on to be the greatest athlete of yeah, all time. Yeah, because of Kar- <laughs> Kareem Abdul Jabbar retroactively had an amazing <laughs> career. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He just had he, something to play for because he wanted to get into a, a Disney sports franchise someday. Right, exactly. He Who is the, when he like got on the set of Mighty Ducks two, he was like, "This is why I trained with Bruce Lee was for this moment." Who was the kid who was also in Sandlot? Oh, um, kid with black hair. Uh, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, Brandon Quinton Adams. He is the one of the leads in Sandlot. Oh no! Oh yeah, the, him too. I was thinking of uh, uh is there else, two though. Sandlot kids in this movie? I think there are two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, 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 Mike Vitar. He's the kid who's the actually good at baseball one. Um, he's uh, the one who goes on to play. Uh, he, oh yeah, yeah. You know who is he in this one? Was he the 
Kitty can't stop. I don't yeah, see he couldn't him stop. Yeah, he's super fast, can't stop. And then he all he was uh yeah, he's the kid who's the brilliant baseball player that like leads the group in Sandlot. Um, yeah. he's uh Benjamin Franklin Rodriguez. Um, and then yeah, oh, and then Brandon yeah. Quinn Adams was also in Sandlot. Yeah, both of these kids were in some those were both in dope sports movies. Yeah. Sandlot is better than this, right? We can agree on that. Yes. Yes. I haven't seen it in a long time. Yeah, I haven't either. That's probably it might not be. No, Sandlot is great. It's great. It gets into like kids growing up. It's good. Yeah, and dogs. I remember liking it a lot more as a kid. Shoes and and sort of like sexually assaulting that uh, lady at the swimming pool. James Earl Jones. Oh, the lifeguard kid. You know, she liked it. Just kidding. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) This is why she's doing her job. We made that joke. The show sucks. Uh man, I did like the Sandlot. I like I never saw. It. I I guess I will add though that I did not. I I don't know. I don't like underdog sports movies generally. Uh, Was Richard Dreyfuss in this Sandlot? Isn't he the narrator? I do not know. <laughs> Guys, well, I reading... literally no way to find out. I'm reading like... the Wicked. Oh, sorry, go ahead, Anthony. Oh, I just because uh, Stand by Me, Sandlot, any movie with like kids with Richard uh, Richard Dreyfuss narrating is an okay movie in my book. Oh no, it's not <laughs> Richard Dreyfuss because it's the guy who, it's the kid is the narrator because it's him grown up, right? It's the. But doesn't he need a, an adult to play him? As a <laughs> it's not like the kid <laughs> well, with no, like a true, fake like, mustache. The, the adult him is is Tom Geary. <laughs> Oh, oh, okay. 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 Um, what movie are we talking about now, Sam though? Bot again. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Good point. Good point. Um, I'm, I, so, okay. I just want to run this thesis by you. So, uh, this is kind of a log roll for a, uh, a blog post I wrote in the, or and also in the Weekly Weep. If you subscribe to our newsletter last week, um, which is, uh, I guess, I just, I don't like this concept that in a movie you take a team that is good at a sport and then a team of kids who train unconventionally but are not good at that sport and then they win. And I just like I guess in this movie I feel bad for the Icelandic kids who have trained at hockey for longer and seem to take the sport more seriously and we're supposed to root against them because of that practice. I get well, that they were big and Russian seeming, but like they're just better at hockey and we're supposed to hate them for it. I, I disagree with that on this movie in particular because if there's one thing I can guarantee you about this movie is that Emilio Estevez's coaching really skated by on the natural talent of these kids because he did they are so incredibly dominant from the go but he didn't teach him like he's not teaching them like plays or any coach stuff he just ties them together and it's like your natural abilities will do the rest yeah this Uh, is very much a tell don't show yeah yeah he's (laughs) never shown doing anything okay that might be considered coaching i have not seen the mighty ducks but in the in the first movie i assume they play against those um jock kids who tried to trap them at the beginning of this movie and then disappeared forever yeah yeah yes you guys can from that i assume they're underdogs in that movie is that they're like because the minnesota miracle they keep referring to i'm guessing they were playing a better team and they like but because they had more heart they get to win well, in the first one, Emilio Estevez was like an alcoholic who like oh. turned his life around. Yeah. Oh. And then like taught these kids. So he's like the hero because he was like a, you know, teenage and college dream hockey oh. player and then threw it away. And then now and then he like came to like by helping these homeless kids out. <laughs> yeah, self-centered <laughs> commu- lawyer is sentenced to community service by coaching a ragtag youth hockey team. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Well, that's so that's what, all these so movies like, are like about the power of coaches, which I also feel a little weird about. 
This is so so much pro coach propaganda. Right, because Alex, now in the year 2018, a lot of coaches are touching kids, and that's coming out of the woodwork. <laughs> so what was happening yep. in the 90s? Not that you're uh, in favor of that. You're just it's a thing you've noticed. I'm just saying there's this, a lot of cover-ups and finding. This podcast out. does not take a stand on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's keep let's keep politics out of podcasts. <laughs> right. um, Alex, have you seen the bad news bears? I have not that's seen ex- bad news bears. You should see the Bad News Bears. It's exactly the underdog movie you want. Wait, so they lose in the end? Yeah, they lose in the end. But oh, that's good. not that's not what the point the point of the movie is that they tried it all, right? It's like what the a good underdog story should be, not like this real unrealistic like they overcome. It's about like they just came together as a team and yeah. fuck those kids who who won because we rule. Like Alex uh, yeah. The the other thing too is that it, at the end the, the the one Iceland player who talks just says that it's the coach's fault that they lost right yeah right he well it's right. the coach it's so pro pro coach movie it's a coach right so it's pro coach but it's also like the kids didn't deserve to win because their coach messed right uh, like didn't play so right it's not on which them. is also because they were so dominant they had holes that they didn't know that our coach uh, Team USA's coach could figure out yeah that's a good point. All right, we got to wrap on this segment, but I just I, I feel very strongly about this, and I'm not like you're right about this movie, Anthony. I'll give you that in this movie, um, but I guess maybe the first movie, which I'm assuming what the plot of it is, and like a lot of other stuff that came out around this time, like the Little Giants, is like that. It's like uh, they're they're not good at football, and they're gonna play the kids who are good at football, and we. Well, and they're all kids that don't have father figures, and then the coach becomes their father figure. Like that's the through line. Oh yeah. Okay. So it's replacing dad with new yeah. dad. Oh, also, and even, and even the, the evil dad, the other coach gets blamed. You're like, "This is your fault. We didn't win." Oh, the oh that's my theory on it. The, I yeah, blame you know, I the parents. Right. What? What? Uh, Stephen? The ducks also have the intellectual property rights to the flying V, which is obviously an unstoppable play. And, and so. unstoppable. So it's really not about them winning. It's really about the licensing opportunities later, mm. where they they license that to NHL teams and make a fortune. So all these kids are yeah. rich now. Yeah, exactly. Because they thought of having. Really well, actually, the uh, the flying V formation was supposed to go public domain years ago, but oh, they're but really Disney. good about <laughs> fucking up the copyright laws. Yeah. A bunch of quick questions. So it's time for lightning bonus round. Lightning bonus round. Lightning bonus round. Lightning bonus round is our mini game segment where we talk about things that are inspired by the movie, but not necessarily about the movie. And we have a bunch of things I want to get to real quick. First up, uh, these are from our, our sponsor. Uh, the, we got a couple of questions here uh, from Jane from Jersey. So thanks, Jane, uh, for helping us with no, with lightning bonus round questions. Number one. Can you come up with some ducks fly together type rallies for your everyday life? Now, rallies, I'm not entirely clear what the question is yet. So what do you guys, how do you interpret that question? Do you think it means other calls that will help you be motivated or ways that like getting your teammates, like tying them together on the ice to make them fly together, like would help in your office situation? All right, can I get, can I give you a pitch? Yeah. Okay. We're going into the third quarter of a game. We're down by four. Mm-hmm. I got a team together, a bunch of young kids who don't know how to work together. They're always going in different directions. Clarify, they're trying different. Third quarter or third period? Because third period. I don't know how ho- hockey works. Okay, <laughs> it's it's three out of three. Th- there's three. three yeah. Three, okay. 
So it's quarters. <laughs> so quarter. does it. Yeah, it's three yeah. quarters. There's third quarter, and not the a big deal. Fourth half we got of the game. Of time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So they're all there. Yeah. And they, the thing is, they don't know which way to go. They'll try in all these different directions. And I look at them and be like, hey, guys, we got to be like ducks. There's one hole for us, all right? Everything goes through this one thing. That's all we need, you know? That's my duck That's metaphor. Your... Wait, you mean the get... exact same one as this movie? Well, no, no. I mean, like, <laughs> ducks only have one one thing, oh, right? Oh, you, you were doing a cloaca joke. Yeah, a cloaca joke. Yeah. So you weren't saying we... ducks fly together. You were saying, like, no. ducks use that one hole for all purposes. Yeah, exactly. That's what we got to do. Let's, that's how we have to approach this game. Just I the mean, same I, technique for everything. Yeah, I mentioned this earlier, but it is good that of the duck things they focused on, it was really just flying together because everything else about ducks is horrifying. Yes. Uh, or another good duck thing is like, you know what, guys? I don't like the way things are changing around here. Let's head south for a few months. Let's get the <laughs> fuck out of here. Let's be warm all the time. Yeah. Why, why warm. deal with the snow shit? Um... I'll chime in with, yeah, I think it's a, that, you know, metaphor of keeping your head above water, a oh, still yeah. duck is sitting, but its feet are frantically moving. So it's kind of like just keeping your, also uh, like, like your dramas on the inside, your anxiety, just hold it in and then smile on the outside <laughs> calmly. Oh, this is a good Midwest then analogy. <laughs> yes. Why this is all Minnesota style. Why do you think loons are our state animal? <laughs> I... I uh, I love that. I guess my other duck thing, um, well, I guess is water rolling off your back. That's pretty good. Is like don't mm, get mm-hmm. wet. That's helpful. Um, I guess it's time other, to get maybe, wet. Boom, boom. If I was gonna do a duck sport though, maybe I would do cycling. Because um, one thing about ducks is that they poop where they're flying, and when you're doing long distance cycling races, you don't always have time to stop for the bathroom. Mm. So when you're watching the Tour de France, that seems like a stretch. Fact, you watch t- Tour de France, they just pee off their bikes and the cameras are there the whole time. It's weird. That is uncomfortable. Has anyone done a number two <laughs> um, on camera? It's what? Has anyone done a number two on camera? Uh, I've not seen it. I hope not, but probably. It's a oh, I could show you some movies. I, yeah, are you talking about just sports? Or the <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, in any context? Or I'm talking specifically time, on bikes. <laughs> Uh, Again, uh, yeah, I, I got that subset. So <laughs> <laughs> well, so this actually brings um, us to question number two uh, from Jane, which is what other animal-inspired formations do we want to see more of in sports? So let's get outside of the realm of ducks. What other animals can we use for inspiration in sports metaphors to maybe motivate a team of homeless children? Um, well, whales feed as a community, and they they swim around the krill and then do a beautiful diving dance to eat so you don't eat alone yeah that's cool never eat alone that's a good sports sports team thing <laughs> um i do, oh okay how about this for like uh this is kind of i guess whale related also for ocean swimming which is that some uh, whales like the right whale in particular is mostly extinct because they thought boats were friends and uh <laughs> so they used to hang out near whale boats uh sad whale fact um, mm. So if you're swimming, stay away from boats. Yeah, it's more literal Goes translation. For manatees I guess. too. Yeah, for mm-hmm. manatees. Yeah, boats are not friends. Other uh, other sports animal things. My dog uh, <laughs> <laughs> likes to back up into me, so I'll scratch her butt. Your dog and likes to back that ass up. Yeah, so it's, I guess <laughs> it's good for dancing. <laughs> It's 
that's really good for the stomp team in the yard. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. Thank you. Yes, that's way, way more specific and better. <laughs> uh, okay, one more thing you got from Jane. Do you guys have any experience uh, or would like to imagine an experience with either giving or receiving a street reckoning in your chosen hobby or profession? Like maybe you were a dancer and then you were like forgot how to love it. And so you had to take it uh, um, to the streets, you know, and that's how you learn to dance for fun in that dance movie. Or uh, is there something in your professional careers where you've had to like realize your love for it again by doing it outside? Well, as a guy who, well, as a guy who communicates about litigation related matters, uh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you sometimes go watch a playground ar- ar- argument and remember how, what it's like to really believe in something. Yeah, exactly. And just like really focusing on the message and what we want to comment about and what needs to be you know, done <laughs> off the record and story shaping with the reporter, stuff like that. Nobody does that like some street toughs, let me tell you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Joe, what were you going to say? Uh, mine's a little bit more inspirational, but and I am a hero. I'll just preference that. But yeah. I... <laughs> was sign language was my second language in college. And the first time I ever got to use it in the real world, um, outside of the classroom, I was drunk in San Francisco on St. Patrick's Day. And a man was trying to walk out the, the doors, and the but the venue was at capacity. And so he's like, he was trying to say, I'm just trying to smoke, but he was deaf. And the door guy didn't know what he was saying. And so I chimed in and communicated for them. And the guy goes, thank you, you saved my life. And then hugged wow. me and then walked in, walked back in. He didn't have a cigarette Whoa, break. But you that was a deaf man's life. A beautiful thing. Because he didn't, because uh, if he came, the, the bouncer was trying to say if he went out, he couldn't get back in. And he yeah. was like, well, my friends didn't know. And he was like about to step out to like figure out what's going on. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that is pretty great. Yeah, I feel Good I was like, you. this is useful. Thank you. I, I preface as a hero, and I still feel that yeah, way. Yeah, you were. You were the hero. Yeah, and you, you backed it up. Good work. I yeah. backed it just, up. Just like Steven. In the yard. <laughs> Much like my up. dog. <laughs> uh, so lastly, for lightning bonus round, and I know we are just, we've already been talking for a while, so I, I, uh, I'm hesitant to add this, but I did just want to talk briefly about the Winter Olympics, because this movie is about the Goodwill Games, and the Winter Olympics are happening, and I just wanted to hear you guys' Uh, thoughts are you guys watching the olympics what are you enjoying what are you not enjoying tell me about your winter olympics experiences i guess we'll start with uh, you steven have you watched any olympics i you know this i i usually do but this year i haven't i've been really unplugged from it and uh i think it's two reasons one i just got frustrated with the the coverage of it of how so like so bad it's so bad it's it's not live or it, it's just like so many it's just weird people talking over it but really my main thing is i miss when bob costas had pink eye <laughs> that to me was like the the high the point of the Olympics you don't coverage. Watch it unless he's got pink eye. Well, I don't think I, unless he has a more like debilitating disease on camera. Just like there's something about watching the like human deterioration happen live when unless when nobody he, is really. Does it help like, to know making, that he probably has a norovirus? Uh, well, is that I don't think it's super visible. I want to be yeah. like I want it to be like the. It's so present that it, it is the text and the Olympics becomes the subtext. And that's, <laughs> that's what I want to watch. It's Bob's. So there's none of, none of that human drama. Yeah. Right. It's Bob's I mean, triumph story. Joe, are you watching any Olympics? Unfortunately, no. And uh, but, I do, but the weird thing is, is I know of this Olympic person who just has great hair. And I just keep seeing memes of him on Instagram. And I have no <laughs> idea who he is. Uh, <laughs> interesting. He has, like, really tall hair, and he makes, like, his own 
Instagram videos. At first, I thought he was an Instagram star, but apparently he is a Winter Olympic star turned Instagram star. Very confused by it. Not sure we what's going some on. Some good uh, internet stars come out of this year's Olympics. There's obviously Adam Rapon, who was the figure skater who got hugely famous for great interviews, even though he's like the 28th best skater or whatever. And he just got hired as a full-time broadcaster for NBC to finish out the Olympics because he lost in his event. Well, th- I think this is what I'm like, talking we just, about. We just want to hear him. Is it Rip- Adam Rapon? Because he is so delightful. He is mm-hmm. uh, really great. He's he was he's a. Uh, I think the first openly gay figure skater for the yeah, United States. Yeah, in the yeah. So oh, he's crazy. The, yes. That is what I'm talking about. The man with great hair. Oh, okay. Well, he's got great hair, too. Yeah, he's delightful. He's yeah. He's been picking a fight on Twitter before the Olympics started with uh, uh, Mike Pence, which I think is really fun. Oh, yeah. Awesome. I saw that. Yeah. That was great. Yeah, he dances to been... Beyonce on his Instagram account, and it's amazing to watch. Yeah, he's really awesome. Also, how crazy is it that that's our first openly gay figure skater? Right? This seems like 30 years Openly, later than yeah, I would expect. Right. Yeah. Um, anyway, he's great. I like him. My uh, my favorite one is Chloe Kim, the snowboarder, though. Did you guys see this? Yeah. Her, where she she won a gold medal f- uh, for the U.S. Uh, uh, early on. And there was but there was a great uh, now famous tweet exchange where she tweeted that she wanted an ice cream sandwich. And someone was like, aren't you competing right now? And she just said, yep. So she was like on the mountain between runs, tweeting about being a little hungry. And it's just. Dude, uh, Twitter is useful for getting things. I will tell you that much. Yeah. I She's tweeted at so, Burgerville and I got about a free food. Burger. It's so great. Sorry, I, inter- I cut you off. What were you saying, Joe? Oh, I cut you off. I was just saying Twitter's great. I once tweeted at Burgerville and got a free burger. Oh, nice. Nice. I got a free cell phone a couple years ago because I was really mad at my, my current. I was mad at uh, Motorola and I tweeted HTC about it and they were like, we got you. And they sent me Dope. an HTC phone. It was great. <laughs> wow. Uh, there's a what lot a of trick. Twitter privilege out there. <laughs> yeah, just be mad people at Twitter. That's, it works. It's like a $600 phone they just sent me for nothing. I got mad at a cottage cheese company, and they sent me new cottage cheese coupons. <laughs> you got you to gotta, uh, swing higher, Joe. You're getting... <laughs> yeah. No, you, this you was a win a meal for me. So far. That's actually pretty <laughs> great, yeah. <laughs> This was she has to be responsible when she wields that power, Alex. She can't <laughs> just throw it around willy-nilly. I know. Uh, I've definitely enjoyed those stories. Um, Anthony, what are you enjoying? Uh, I'm enjoying all of it. I've been watching a lot of the Olympics uh, this year. Um, I, I, there's a lot of sports. Uh, you know, I like like ice skating, snowboarding. Uh, I don't like anything on skis except for when skiers fall down because I think the way like their their skis fly off is the very they, funny looking. <laughs> the uh, catch on the snow is hilarious. Yeah, uh, I, I agree with that. I, it's so hard to watch skiing once snowboarding is in the Olympics because I yeah. I was yeah. watching slope style, which is the snowboarding. It's a snowboarding hill with obstacles. Yeah, and yeah. There's like a that was really good. There's a rail in the middle of the mountain. I mean, it's yeah. so dangerous seeming, but they do amazing things. And I went from that to ski jumping, which is where they just lean forward and then land. And it's like, do you not see what other people are doing on the same mountain? It's so much cooler. Well, You're you doing should no see, tricks. They took, they did skiing down that same course that the snowboarders did. Really? Uh, yeah. So that's uh, I forget what that's called, but it's freestyle skate or something like that. Oh. Um, of freestyle skiing, yeah. but yeah, so skiers went down that same as that course, and there's just something about like how kind of awkward and not graceful you look on skis when you're grinding a rail versus like the elegance of snowboarding. Yeah, um, but yeah, I like that. I've watched a lot of uh, 
God, what else did I watched? I watched some Luge this year. Oh my I God, really, my favorite. It's an insane sport. I watched a bunch of Skeleton. Never seen that before. Uh, I feel old for the first time <laughs> in my life watching the Olympics. There are some this, kids. Well, there's something about like, like okay, so Sean White won gold in s- snowboarding. Uh, he's 31 years old. The silver medal was 17. Yes. And at one point, they were like, Sean, Sean, Sean White in first place, followed closely by his rival, so-and-so. And I was like, can you imagine being a 31-year-old guy uh, and seeing a 17-year-old kid being your rival? Like, what that would... And you kind of sort of invented this sport as an Olympic sport. Uh, like, yeah, that's weird. Also, um, there, I just, there's been, like, Sean White won. It was kind of impressive. There's a lot of talk about him. Turns out he's also a super douchebag. And yeah. So every time you think you want to talk about Sean White, just talk about Chloe Kim and ice cream sandwiches because we have a snowboarding mm-hmm. hero. We have the one yeah. that we need right now. We don't need Sean White. He can no. disappear. He can fuck I right th- off. I, I don't think that younger kids know who he is anymore either. So that's Good. nice. No. Good. I don't need it. No, um, Chloe Kim was great to watch her win the medals. Uh, I got also, really into team free skating. I do in, want to talk uh, about ice skating. skating. Before you do that, I want to wrap one more thought on snowboarding, which is just that. The uh, as cool as all of the tricks are, the names for stuff in snowboarding is the dumbest, and it makes me not want to like them, because they go, like they'll do the most incredible th- trick. There's one that's just called a tricky. I mean, they just everything they call. <laughs> that's wait, that's a great name. What are you talking puke? about? <laughs> <laughs> it does sound like Stephen threw up at that. Yeah, it did. I threw up at your opinion because tricky is such a good name for a trick. What are you talking yeah. about? They're what do you say? What's the easiest name? You can do a flippy? Do a flippy. Yeah, oh, that's so good. <laughs> Twisty. You're right. I and here it comes, the 10-point flippy. Nailed it. Here's the Man. important thing. I don't just pick a, a hill to die on. I am willing to have my opinions changed, and you just did it. You're right. I take it back. All right. Bad opinion. Thank you for helping me. Anthony, tell us Thank, team thank you. Oh, uh, team skating was a really cool thing to see because it's all the different disciplines of like ice skating all kind of competitively stacked on top of each other. So it was like very up and down. Like Russia has a very, very, very strong women's ice skating. I'm sorry, you team. mean like, Olympic athletes from Olympic athletes from Russia? Uh, like no <laughs> one can like they they have like a 17 year old girl on her thing that's like did some of the most incredible skating I've ever seen. But because they're like team dance and the male skater wasn't as good it brought them down to like canada is a really well like overall skating team which i thought was really neat to see um and the skating the canadian couple that did like the dance skate did this one goddamn move when he like sat like he was on a chair and she stood on his knees Mm. and they skated like that that was like wow uh, incredible um i'm into that yeah stuff like that like really watching like Ice skating and seeing like more having more of an appreciation for like how difficult some of that stuff is and just how crazy it looks. Oh well, yeah, it's, when's the last time anyone's been ice skating? Yeah, I was ice, I went ice skating over Christmas break with my wife's family. Um, my wife's mom used to be a professional figure skater. Oh dang! And but then she uh, hurt her knee, and so she was like, "This is like the first time she skated." Wait, in did years. she get clocked out? <laughs> no, she, uh, Did is she it Nancy code, Kerrigan? Coach a buns, a buns. <laughs> my my wife, the young Miss Kerrigan. Uh, <laughs> no, it it turns out there's like if you don't get your knee forcefully injured, there's like a ninety percent chance you'll uh, tear an ACL because it's just a jumping sport, and so the knees really do do them, doom themselves a lot of times in that sport. But um, it's so I hard. spent two hours trying to do the thing where you turn around and keep moving backwards. Yeah, it is 
so hard so and hard. so cool looking that I just feel like when I was watching this figure skating, I just kept thinking every time someone turns around and keeps moving, they should just, all the judges should stand up, throw a gold medal at her and be like, you win. And then the crowd is wild. And then they just bring the next person out. It's just everybody yeah. should win. It's so impressive. Ice skating is basically impossible. It's, it's so incredible hard. to yeah. watch them do anything. Just to stop is like a feat. Oh, yeah, that, yeah. Oh, yeah. I bet they could set up tin cans, Not- still stop. <laughs> I mean, that moment, like, at the beginning of a routine when they're, they're skating out there and they stop, like, on a dime yeah. before the music starts, like, that alone is impressive to me. Like, My yeah. favorite right. thing, though, is is in couples well, in couple skating, I love the I love the throwing, which is just yeah. crazy. But then my favorite move by far is one that every single pair does, and I don't think they get any points for it. It's just a thing they all do, which is where um, he's spinning around holding her hands out, and she pretends to be a table. Do you know what I'm talking about? And mm. they just spin in a circle, and she's just like her face oh, is an like, inch from the ice, and oh, her yeah. skates are all the way, be- or her her feet are all the way behind her. It's sort of like a thing you would do with a kid, but like lower and scarier and faster. <laughs> I mean, it is every time they did that, I, it just blows my mind. Because ice be would one. hurt to face plant. Yes, yes, a lot. It's like cold asphalt. It's terrible. Yeah. Not to um, brag, but my high school, I dated two dudes in high school, one hockey whoa, player, whoa, and then calm down. well, not at the same time, wow. not at the same time, guys, oh, guys, guys. Brag. And then one figure skater. So I'm oh. realizing now I must have an affinity for men with ice thighs. You want men on the ice? Yeah. 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 Good I mean, knees. You, you were, <laughs> yeah, you were in Minnesota where there's a lot more ice, so it's probably harder to date those men here. That's true. I haven't been dating since then, so. <laughs> <laughs> it makes sense. Oh, uh, my, just hang around, cruise the mall, ice rink. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you and the Lloyd Center, are real tight. Uh, I, the other, my favorite thing about the Olympics, I think, is uh, specialized equipment. Because like mm. the speed skaters all wear full body, like comedy headpiece. Anyway, the whole thing's ridiculous. Um, but my favorite one is the luge. They have gloves with like one inch long spikes coming out of the fingers, mm. for because they have to do the paddle. Uh, on the ice before they slide and every once in a while you'd catch a look at this and just picture a person wearing skiing gloves with crazy spikes coming out of the all yeah. four fingers it is so terrifying and specialized and i would love to have a pair for fun there's there's a fucking really cool thing skeleton racers do uh when they're like getting in the position because they have like spiked cleats on yeah uh and they want to have a good push off so they they get their feet in and then they punch the top of their foot as high coat as they yeah. can to really dig it into the ice. And every single one of them does it. And it just looks like a superhero getting ready to yeah. do something cool. Like you're like, they sit down, they crush, they dig their foot in and they punch it as hard as they can. And then it's like, go, it's just, it's Luge, cool. I like Luge that a lot. Skeleton are so amazing. And they're, they're yeah. one of the sports and there are a bunch of sports like this, but these are the ones where it's like, I, I could watch every single person. I can't tell the difference at all. And the announcer would be like, "Ugh, what an idiot. He just totally blew that. And it looks exactly the same. Yeah, yeah. And then and then he'll lose by two tenths of a second. It's, another, it's also a sport where they're like, oof, he's back two tenths of a second. Never going to come back from that. Mm-hmm. It's just brutal. I saw an Olympics blooper reel where a luge guy right before he like he like bent backwards before pushing his tube down and he split mm-hmm. the crack of his pants open. And that was <laughs> it's what so do you mean funny. You've been watching the Olympics. You've been watching the real Olympics. <laughs> yeah, the real heroes. Just the butts. All right, we we got to wrap on that. That's a lightning bonus round. If you want to play along, if you want to come up with questions to ask us about our topics, go to readdistrict.com/slash/next. You can ask us topics. Thanks to James from Jersey. And now it's time for a minor compliment. Really, we're 
we're running a little long. So let's wrap it up with one more nice thing. I'm going to say one nice thing about the movie. We're going to go back to D2, The Mighty Ducks. We're going to go in reverse order. Steven, you're up first. What's your last nice thing to say about The Mighty Ducks? Uh, real quick, uh, <laughs> compliment whoever is listening at home um, because th- there's probably one person who is probably like, why haven't they made a joke about the fact that ducks really like bread? Um, I hear you. I see you out there. I I know you wanted it. It didn't happen this time, and I'm sorry about it. So you are still valid. It's okay. It is okay. I I know wrong. you're out there, but it, thank you for being so brave. That's not a great compliment, but this one's not either. I love fake newspapers in movies. Um, and after they beat Trinidad and Tobago, there's this copy of the USA Today sports page where uh, the front cover of the sports section is about youth hockey. Um, but there's a, the story is USA Downs Trinidad, and the article is just like clips of text from something real, but not a newspaper. Uh, uh, did you freeze frame it? Yeah, freeze awesome. frame it to look at, it, and, the, and the and the paragraph was just was something like a suggestion that public hearings on applications may be limited to one every six days was taken under advisement by the commission, and then that paragraph was just repeated <laughs> for the whole story, and then later every time a newspaper appeared. I would freeze frame it, and there was like 10 other newspapers, and they were all that same dummy text, and every time it made me laugh. So like, there was somebody who's down so, on the money like cutting this paragraph out over and over and over again, and taping me. it to a piece of paper. That's funny. That's, uh, <laughs> that's what the news is in this alternate universe. Yeah, all the news yeah. in this universe is about the commission and what they're, how many hearings they'll have. Uh, Joanne, what's your minor compliment? My minor compliment real quick, uh, mad props to Catherine Erb, the actress who played Miss McKay, for trying to do a Minnesota accent, but not trying too hard. It came out a little bit more East Coast than I'd like to hear, but it was adorable at Still any rate. Still to represent your people. Thank you. Oh, my God. Thank you. You're too kind. <laughs> <laughs> also, uh, that leaves Anthony. What's your minor compliment? I, I'm glad that you know, Hendrick Sports made it out of this movie okay, right? I'm glad they had a good <laughs> quarter. You know, I'm glad that at the end of the day, this movie is about even though these kids had fun and won, this corporation is the real winner, right? Even though they lost that, they had the, that cardboard cutout of the coach that got burned in a barrel. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that's fine. You just write that off in taxes. You think he cares? You know how much money they're making off this merchandise or this coach? They don't give a shit. That's the, one of the best things about this universe is that Hendrix makes this insane play for a corporate sponsorship of an amateur coach of a youth hockey team for a limited run series, and it works. Yeah? That weird bald guy? Promoted. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What a, what a world to live in. And Michael he came out swinging out. with Yeah, he came out swinging with a limo. He's leaving in the limo. Win-win. <laughs> <laughs> It kind of heartens, you know? It's actually kind of nice to see, especially because I like, uh, instead of underdogs, I like the big people. I like corporations that are already doing well. Yeah. If you get a court order thing to help kids and you have to struggle, <laughs> you too one day can end up hanging out with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar looking for a giant soulless corporation. It's a great message these movies have. That was actually, we didn't mention that, but like he, when he was getting full of himself, he was like pitching the idea of like having his own signature sneaker for kids who wanted to become coaches. And that was actually kind of a funny scene where he was talking to yeah, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And Kareem's like, do you think there are enough kids who want to become coaches? And he's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> that was fun. I got yeah, one was... hanging out with me right now. He's great. <laughs> hey, Alex, because you made fun of my compliment, can I have five seconds to do one more? Uh, 
yes. I, but, but I mean, I don't like your tone, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, you Mom did make fun of it. You said it was not it a good compliment. Great, but mine was worse. I was using that as a, a segue more than an actual insult. Okay. Well, this is going to be better than both of ours. Uh, My compliments for the Wikipedia page, because when describing the differences between the first movie and the second movie, under the characters who uh, didn't return for the second movie, it it lists them under the word departures. And I'm currently watching The Leftovers. So (laughs) it's a pretty good remix of the the movie. It's not a great compliment either, but I just started watching Leftovers yesterday. I'm so excited about that. Wait, really? Yeah, my my wife and I watched the first two episodes yesterday. That's great. We should talk about more. How far are you? Uh, how far do you want me to be? Uh, no, I mean, uh, sorry, I'm ending the second season. Sorry, I was oh, okay. distracted. That was yeah. one of my stalling tactics. Anthony, where I yeah, just... we're just talking about this before you got on the call. And this is Anthony loves this show, and he's saying the second a, season is. You, the best. you were one of the Anthony. You were one of the people that recommended it to me. Oh, one okay. of the reasons oh. I'm watching it. Um, I it's, love it. You're yeah, so it's right. Very good. It's, the second season of Lo- the Leftovers is fucking unbelievable. Oh right, because yeah. you, Stephen, you loved the you loved Lost. I did, yeah, but like it's because I, I know Lost has a lot of problems too, and it's it's funny to this seems like a like a, a second it's like a, a smaller focused Lost. It's yeah. just yeah, it's just really well. Good. It's it's Lost framed correctly, right? Yeah, it's yeah, lost, exactly. Literally, it's Lost. Literally being like, okay, guys, we're never going to answer this because it's unanswerable. That's not what right. the show's about. It's right. Literally, wait, wait, the characters. So what if the show was just called Found? <laughs> then his his career would be lost and found. Right? No. His, his career is lost in Cowboys versus Aliens. The and found. Was... So it would be called Lost Cowboys and Aliens and Found. It's not as good. Yeah. <laughs> He's doing Watchmen next for right. HBO. Oh, wait, Have you heard about it. that? No, we gotta go. He did Star uh, Trek Into Darkness. Okay, go ahead. All right, everybody, that is it for our show. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back again next week. Next week, so because of our, our truck outing, our monster truck outing was canceled, we're going to do a special episode um, where we're going to talk about the Oscars. So Anthony and I have seen all, or will have seen all of the best picture noms by next week. So we're going to talk about all the all the best picture nominations for 2018 smushed together. Sorry about the trucks, but um, it is going to be really fun to talk about all the uh, actually good movies that we've been watching recently. I especially can't wait to talk about that sweet fish penis from the post yeah from that was weird i don't know what spielberg was thinking <laughs> when mel street opened her dress exactly <laughs> i was not expecting that to be the thing that came out but you like, know what i get as long as you bring down the president however yeah. you have to do it <laughs> i mean it made sense it's like oh that's why you cast bob Odecote, right for that reaction <laughs> yeah and david cross oh man we're gonna talk about that about bob and david reunited in the post anyway i didn't know that yeah they they're playing goofball reporters in the post they're great oh, um, anyway all that and more next week for our special oscars episode we're actually going to do a two-week Oscars double because the week after we're going to talk about the Oscars, the broadcast. So we're going to—it's going to be post. We'll do a pre-Oscars talk and then a post-Oscars talk. Kind of a departure for us. I hope you guys are interested. I hope you like it. Let us know what you think. Yeah, we'll um, talk about how Warren Beatty will fuck up the Oscars this year. <laughs> we got so much. Yeah, we have so much to discuss. Um, I, I do look forward to them uh, announcing like Mudbound is going to win, but first they're going to announce the post. That'll be great. Mm. All right. Also, thank you to Jane from Jersey for sponsoring this episode. Uh, we really appreciate it. All of our sponsors, but especially Jane, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, I hope everybody feels like they got their money's worth because you guys know our motto. 
No refunds. Um, <laughs> Thank also, you, Jane. Also, uh, I want to... Oh, yes, and Jane uh, recommended you, or uh, asked for you by name, Stephen, so... Oh, uh, thank you even more then, Jane. Yeah, the first one was fake, but this one was real. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> That's how he ingratiates himself to people. Um, also, just another, just want to mention, I mentioned this earlier, but if you subscribe to the Weekly Weep, you're going to weeklyweep.com, or just you want to read the blog, you can go to weeklyweep.com, and you can see my article about overdogs and how I root for them instead of underdogs. Um, and then, thank you for being here at Anthony Lopez Part 2. Thank you for having me. At Carter Street 42. Thank you for having me. I just noticed the symmetry. And at Joanne Elizabeth, thanks for coming back, Joe, and for bringing. Thanks that. for having not, me. Not everything we talk about with you will definitely be Minnesota-based, but uh, <laughs> I love it. Minnesota Please Monopoly do. right now. I like it. We could watch Leaving Minnesota with you. Ooh, uh, Simple uh, Man, I'm into it. Okay, awesome. Well, we uh, everybody follow all three of them because they are all delightful, uh, and we will talk to everybody next week. Take care. Goodbye. Psh.